Beating for his name. 
time for Pastor Pals. Y'all come on down. As they're coming down, I'm going to need some assistance. Is Zeke back there? Send him on down here. I need his assistance. Oop, let me move out. I'm sorry, Evan. Dodge you there, girl. Here they come. All right. Thank you, Casey. All right. Thank you. I got people helping me right and left. Just stand here beside me, dude. And uh, right here. There you go. All right. What in the world is that thing right there? Trash can. That's right. That's right. And uh, what? Zeke, take a look in there. What's in there, Patrick? What goes in a trash can? Well, what is trash? Stuff that you put in a trash can. <laughs> That's true. Anybody else? What is trash? Mm-hmm. Percy. Oh, messed up paper. Okay. Well, let, let me say, I'm going to pick you up. Is that all right? Can I pick you up? Okay. All right. Do we throw people in the trash can? No, we don't throw people in the trash can. But sometimes we do with our words. Did you know that you can say things to hurt other people's feelings? Did y'all know that? We can be mean with our words. We don't throw people in trash cans. Cans, we're supposed to put trash in trash cans, like messed up paper, which is, that's exactly what's in there. Messed up paper, stuff we don't use anymore or don't need anymore. So the Bible tells us to be careful with our words, what we say, not to hurt other people's feelings. And if we do, to try to be nice. And a lot of times at, at school, I know people cannot be nice. Well, that happens on the job. That happens in a lot of places. At school, too, but we need to be very nice. And God says we need to put trash. It's kind of like a, there was a three-year-old changed the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer one day and said, Lord, help us to not put trash in other people's baskets as we put trash in our own baskets and are talking about our trespasses. And uh, so she got that kind of right. And uh, so taking care of that. Everybody bow your head. Close your eyes. Dear Jesus, thank you so very much for realizing that the words we use and just every day at school and everywhere we go that people are listening and how we uh, choose our words, what we say and uh, how we say them. Dear Lord, help us to realize that we need to be kind to each other and uplifting and building up each other and encouraging each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all walk. Evan has a special this morning. I try to hold on to this world with everything I have. But I feel the weight of what it brings And the hurt that tries to grab The many trials that seem to never end His word declares this truth That we will enter in this rest With wonders anew But I hold on to this hope And the promise that He brings 
that there will be a place with no more suffering. There will be a day with no more tears, no more pain, and no more fear. There will be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more. We'll see Jesus face to face. But until that day, we'll hold on to you always. I know the journey seems so long. You feel you're walking on your own But there has never been a step Where you've walked out all alone Troubled soul, don't lose your heart Cause joy and peace He brings And the beauty that's in store Outweighs the hurt of life things But I hold on to this hope And the promise that He brings That there will be a place with no more suffering There will be a day with no more tears No more pain and no more fears There will be a day when the burdens of this place Will be no more We'll see Jesus face to face But until that day, we'll hold on to you always. I can't wait until that day when the very one I've lived for waves will wipe away the sorrow that I have faced. Oh, to touch the scars that rescued me from a life of shame and of misery. Oh, this is why, this is why I sing. There will be a day, no more tears, no more pain, no more fears. There will be a day when the burdens of this place be no more we'll see Jesus face to face there will be a day with no more tears no more pain and no more fears there will be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more We'll see Jesus face to face There will be a day He'll wipe away the tears He'll wipe away the tears He'll wipe away the tears There will be a Great song, Ethan. Thank you very much. And uh, just uh, I'm looking forward to that day. It reminds me of that scripture over in the book of Philippians chapter 1 where it says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain.
It is. You know, one of the greatest blessings of leaving this world, whenever we leave this world, whenever we pass away, if you're saved, it's going to be a great day. If you're lost, it's not going to be a great day at all. Uh, it's The Bible says there's two places. There's heaven and hell, and it doesn't mention any other places. Uh, there was, you know, you think about uh, when Paul started writing to the churches, he told them that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay, so we're, we're going to go there. And uh, if you know him as your personal Savior, he told the church at Philippi also, he said, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. He was writing this letter to, from prison. I mean, how many of us, okay, while I'm sitting in jail, I think I'll write a letter of encouragement to a church. Think about that. He was writing a letter of encouragement while you're in jail. And and uh, many times I've used the illustration about going to see uh, Brother Cloy Chapman who almost was paralyzed by a, a vertebrae. And uh, this older preacher friend of mine, some of you know and some of you don't know him, that of course has gone on to be with the Lord, but his uh, vertebrae almost severed his spinal cord. And, I mean, it was real serious. He barely came through. It was successful. It was a very close call, so to speak. And uh, I went there to try to cheer him up. He ended up cheering me up. And he's laying flat of his back in the hospital bed. And so it tells me a, a couple of things. Number one, our attitude is our choice. Did you know you can choose what attitude to take, no matter your situation in life? No matter what you're facing in your life, you choose your attitude, how you handle it or how you face it, which is unbelievable with some people, uh, what they can go through stuff and, uh, you know, and, and, and they can, uh, you know, break a fingernail and the world is falling apart. And then you have another person who can be rejoicing even in the midst of, uh, tough times. Go ahead and, Head to uh, Isaiah 58 if you have a bulletin. I hope you picked one up on the way in. <clears throat> I had to make a quick note while I'm thinking of it or I'll forget. The Now, it's interesting that uh, what uh speaking on this morning, and I don't know why every time I turned around I kept coming back to the same topic of fasting and uh had one of the my men call me this morning that wasn't able to come to the men's prayer breakfast and wasn't able to come to the men's meeting and I didn't I we got talking about a couple other things and I didn't bring it up so I'll just bring it up to everybody and and my and my fellow that called my church member said brother Michael tell them we need to pray for revival we need to pray for revival we need to pray for revival services and uh, I said that's great I said, for other church members to be thinking about that, not just the pastor, well, that, that's my, my goal. I want, I want you to crave a relationship with God. I want you to hunger and thirst after righteousness. And did you know basically that's all fasting is? A lot of people think, it, and yes, the Greek word does mean to not eat. That's what, but there's more to it than that. It has to do with some words found here today 
In Isaiah 58, and let's just read verses 1 through 5, starting out. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, in other words, what's wrong, and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore, in other words, why have you fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day to, for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Basically, they were going through a fast, but they, <clears throat> they were not afflicting their soul. If you, and I won't turn there, but, <clears throat> and it's, seeking to know God's pleasure, if you look at in, in the outline that you have in your bulletin in Roman numeral 2, now I'm not going to go to Leviticus 16, but it tells there the same thing here. The purpose of a fast is to afflict your soul. It's not just to do without eating. Uh, now, I think the whole purpose of this, why I preach on this, am I, as your pastor, calling our church to fast. Well, I'm not calling our church to fast, but if you as an individual Christian want to fast, I challenge you that. There's some very interesting writing. Matter of fact, I was reading the, uh, a lot of material today. Bill Bright, uh, a fellow for Campus Crusade for Christ, had an excellent uh, sermon, if you will, a little dissertation or whatever, and uh, on fasting, and, and he talked about personal fasting and ways to fast. And basically, it means this, coming to a point in your life where you say, I need to set aside more time to, I hunger for God. I want more of Him. I want more of His Word. There's many purposes for fasting. And, I, and I'm going to hit them there in just a second, and you see that there. But first of all, before we deal with what's going to happen, let's think about this. How is your relationship with God? Do you crave God? Do you want more of God? Listen, is there something wrong with you as an individual if you suddenly lose your appetite? Some of you have really good appetites. You're like me. You have no trouble saying yes to food. I mean, food is pleasurable. It is great. I mean, um, uh, Baptist churches, we don't call for fast. We we call for potluck. <laughs> you know, that's what we call for. We like fellowships. We love to eat. I mean, just 
uh, look at our homecomings, look at our church-wide fast. We have so much, we could feed China. We have so much food and promised land. It's unreal whenever we throw on a, a feed what we can do with it. But how, I mean, think about this. Is there something out of kilter? And please don't take me wrong. How many fellowships do we have? How many fasts do we have? Does Brother Michael want us to lose weight? No, that's not the purpose of a fast. And there's all sorts of fasts. You can fast from one meal. Matter of fact, especially if you're diabetic or if you have other, like if you take medicine or something like that, probably you need to, your body can't handle uh, a fast like Jesus did whenever he was being tempted of Satan. You don't want to go on one of those. But you see, Jesus was just like the movie of uh, the Passion of the Christ. You know, he was portrayed, I think, accurately as a very rugged, very strong individual. Nobody could take the physical beating that Jesus took on that last 24 and, and be able and then to literally give up his life. The Bible says when he was hanging, and I'm just going to quote the Bible, not a movie. The Bible says when he was hanging on the cross, his head was up. And he didn't cry out with a whimper. The Bible says he cried out with a loud voice. And then the Bible says he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. That wasn't the, the wimpy death of a dying man, but a man who fulfilled everything. Did I'm not saying that he didn't suffer. I'm not saying that he wasn't beat down. I'm saying that he had he was he wasn't a wimp. He was a strong man, and he took it all for you and for me. And when he bowed his head and said, "Father, into my, thy hands I commend my spirit." In other words, okay, I finished it. You see, he was strong. Now, us, we have health problems and different things. So if you choose to fast, and fasting from food is is a good thing to do if you for spiritual reasons. You could fast from TV. You could fast from a lot of different things. But why? Why would I even preach on this this morning? What is the purpose of even bringing this up? Well, there's a lot in the Bible. There's Old Testament fast. There's New Testament fast. Paul fasted many times, and I've started to bring a lot of that out, but there was many times he fasted. Why fast? Why even bring it up? Because I think we hunger, and we are so, when we get to church, you're so full of the world, there's no room for God. Now, I'm not saying that we or me, I'm including myself in this. Because I'm, when I say I'm full of the world, what am I thinking about? Well, let's see, I need to pay my bills uh, in the morning. I'm a teacher and I've got to do this, this, and this. And man, I'm so busy, I don't even have time to come back to church tonight. But folks, whenever you come to church, is it about making others feel better or is it about seeking God? Well, if I do this, so-and-so will be off my case. What is my, do I hunger? Are we hungry for God? Why? They had the wrong attitude. It says in verse 3, it says they were, they were just fasting and going to church. You, that they, they were doing it to please themselves. You find pleasure 
And then it says, exact all your labors, which means their priorities. Which he was saying, there, whenever on, you know, in the Old Testament, they worshipped on the Sabbath or Saturday. And then the New Testament, it changed to a Sunday or the first day of the week. Why? Because that's the day that Jesus rose from the grave. You know, they, the first century church or the church that was there, they started worshiping on a Sunday, celebrating the fact that their Savior is risen. Now, their priorities were all out of whack. He said that in the day that you fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. They were doing everything but giving their time to God. Another thing is what they called their purpose and position. Quickly look at verse 4, and then we'll move forward. Behold, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Strife and debate means that they that they did not seek right relationships with God, and guess what that was causing? Wrong relationships with others. Folks, I don't think, I, I'm going to just go out on this limb and say, I don't think you can, you can be right with God and not desire a right relationship with others. Another thing, it says that you <clears throat> smite with the fist of wickedness. Well, what does that mean? Unconfessed sin. In other words, I have this in my heart, but I'm not led or burdened enough to confess my sin to God. What is your position with the Lord this morning? Is there unconfessed sin in your heart this morning? Well, our purpose for seeking God, an example of sacrifice and seeking, verse 5 goes on to say, <clears throat> now he's saying they were fasting for the wrong reasons, Isaiah is here, and... Uh, He's saying, cry aloud. Okay, that's the very first verse. And he's saying, people, are you fasting a fast that I have chosen? Now, you say you make sacrifices in seeking and serving God. I, I believe this with all my heart. And I'll just let you answer it. Can you effectively... Serve God without sacrificing anything. Now, he says to them, is it a fast that I've chosen? Are you sacrificing the stuff that's comfortable for you to sacrifice? Or are you sacrificing? Because fasting basically is giving up. What is the base meaning of the word? Yes. It, the Greek part, yes, to not eat. But if you compare Leviticus to Isaiah 58, it means to afflict your soul. means to do without. What do I give up in order to give more time to God? And I ask you this question. If you can, if you can grasp this, you've got the point of my sermon. What does God want me to fast from? Or what does God want me to do without? What does God want me to sacrifice? In order to what? Not to lose weight. 
Because we fast in order to give up something to give more to God. You see? So he's saying here, you're doing a fast that pleases you. I want you to do a fast that I choose. Whoa. That's a different story. Is it a fast that I have chosen? What are you doing without? Because many of us will, many of us will live our whole Christian life. You will go to the grave and you will stand before God and what did you give up to follow Him? Paul gave up his life to follow Him. Other people have saying, you know, I, I've, I've talked to doctors who's, who's earning, you know, six figures way up there and became a volunteer practitioner in a third world country. Why? To say, look at me? No, you never heard of them. Because they did nothing to draw attention to themselves. Now, is God calling you to do that? No, you, you missed the purpose. You do what God is leading you to do. He may not be calling you to go to the third world country, but He may be calling you to sacrifice more than you're sacrificing now. It could just be your time. But your priorities have a lot to do with it. Okay? Now, verse 6, he goes on to say this. He's talking about what they're doing. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? Here's what I choose. I choose to loose the bands of wickedness. Basically, you need to get fast to get rid of sin. I choose this kind of fast to undo heavy burdens. Are any of you carrying this morning heavy burdens okay obstacles in your life is what i put i got a little short one word commentary you see there in your outline if you've got it open and then it says i choose a fast to let the oppressed go free are any of you struggling with any sort of addictions or something that feels like a chain wrapped around your life right now now i'm not talking about a burden a burden is something you can easily put down an addiction is a chain, and many times only God can break it. But we won't even sacrifice. No, I just pray, God, take it away. What have you sacrificed? Because many revivals in this book are accompanied by two things, prayer and fasting. What is fasting? Not eating. Wrong. Deeper. It's an afflicting of your soul. What? will I sacrifice? Like I said, I'm just naming all sorts of stuff off the top of my head as well as stuff I've got in front of you. An afflicting of the soul. Also in verse 6, to break every yoke. <clears throat> what do you, every, every week, every week, Monday through Saturday, hopefully on Sunday you're in church serving, worshiping. We serve outside the walls, I believe. You're here, you learn, you worship, you sing. Praise be the Lord. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go serve. But what do you yoke yourself up to during the week? What do you yoke yourself up to during the week? Because some people can walk out of church, 
they get back around certain people, around certain situations, and they, their, they, their language, their attitude, their outlook on life changes. They yoke themselves up to something. In church, they're one way, and outside of church, they may be another because they yoke themselves up to old habits or old friends or something, and they let that affect them more than the Lord. <clears throat> Reasons to fast, I put there real quickly, flying through. Spiritual renewal, that's revival. Reconciliation of relationships, in other words, getting right with others. Guidance in life's decisions. A lot of times, I remember one time, I, I just don't know why it's sticking out in my brain. I was uh, went out to eat with several of the church folks, uh, Brother uh, Johnny Wilcox, I mean, Jimmy Wilcox is there. I always call him by his brother's name for some reason. And uh, Jimmy was there, and he said, Brother Michael, are you not eating? We was at Chin Chin's. I said, no. What's the matter? Are you sick? I said, I, I didn't, because you're not supposed to go around with a sign. I'm fasting. <laughs> fasting, fasting. That's why I'm not eating, you know. And I, and I said, well, no, sir, I'm uh, respectful of my elders, Brother Jimmy. <laughs> I said, I was fasting. And, oh. This don't mean anything, does it? And I said, no, sir, no, sir. I just, it's a personal thing between me and the Lord. And my wife sometimes gets, uh, okay, why are you fasting, Michael? <laughs> Making life decisions. And I think it's very needed to fast. And it's not just you could fast from, you could fast from food. You could, but please, matter of fact, some I would recommend never to fast unless you see a doctor first because your physical limitations. Some people can do that. That's why you can fast from other things because, again, what is the base, the deeper meaning, according to Isaiah 58 and Leviticus, to afflict your soul, okay, to sacrifice something in order to give more your heart, your life, your priorities, time, prayer to God. Also, resolution of problems. I don't think it would be a bad idea for me to call for a church fast. This morning, I'm just calling, it's between you and God. You, y'all leave this room here in just a few minutes, and none of you can fast. That's fine. It's between you and God. You can fast from whatever or not fast. It's between you and God. And hopefully, if I ever feel led to call for a church fast, that it would be not Michael Reese, but the Lord leading me to do it. And then finally, another reason to fast. These are some that I just came up with, some I've read. Special grace to handle a difficult situation. Special grace. What is the outcome? Look at, y'all see that last point? Y'all are saying, whoo, he finally made it to the last point, yay! No, verse 7, verse 8, verse 9, and verse 11. And the whole story goes through verse 14. But let's just read these real quick. You ready? Verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? And that thou, listen, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. Before we had social security and welfare, who took care of beggars? Very few people. 
But there were some that did. Would you have a stranger in your home? Didn't a lady take the preacher in, Elisha? And when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. What is verse 7? Quit hiding in a corner and care for others. And by the way, you can't care for others without sacrifice. I mean, it's like, oh, man, do I really have to walk over to that red bucket and drop some money in? I loved it when Miss Joanne got volunteers for Salvation Army. I'm a people person, and there's a, uh, just, you know, people that, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, just ring the bell, but, you know, I was all the way across the parking lot, Merry Christmas! I wanted people to look my direction. Who is that crazy Salvation Army, Army volunteer? I just want to let you know this because you can't do any more than that, really. You're not supposed to ask or something like that. And I try, but I, I was jolly. <laughs> You'd be jolly. Care for others. Go out of your way. Some of you, is a, it's a habit with you. Some of you, it's an avoidance. All right? Oh, by the way, it, uh, quickly... Well, there's all sorts of ways you could preach that, but, you know, just many of us give an offering. God wants you involved, involved in missions, caring. Verse 8, here's what I want. Then, thou, then shall thy light break forth as in the morning. Thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall be before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward or rear guard which basically says this, verse 8, is if you get your heart right with God, there's going to be a new attitude and a change in you. Would you like a change in your attitude or your life? Verse 9, Then thou shalt, shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and He shall say, Here I am. Do you want a strong prayer life? Sacrifice. Finally, verse 11. The Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. Uh, what do the two words bones and drought have to do with anything? Uh, that means... Things aren't going well. Our country can be in a drought spiritually. Our bones are showing. And he's saying, I want to give you new energy, new substance, new increase. I've asked Brother Ronnie to Help us with the invitation. I'm going to ask him to go ahead and come on and get ready. And uh, just something new, something different. And uh, I want to ask you, how's your sacrifice with the Lord? How's your relationship with the Lord? What are, what are you... Is it is serving Him just a convenience? We talked about... Uh, Festus and Felix, or Felix is the one that said it. He said, I'll call you, I'll call for you, Paul, when I have a more convenient season.
a more convenient time? Is serving God only when it's convenient? Is that the way we look at serving Him? Or is there something that He's asking you to do more? I'm going to ask us all to stand as Brother Ronnie sings and plays. The altar's open. There's all sorts of reasons for seeking God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you pray right now? Would you just pray for someone that you know that needs to be saved, that needs to make a decision? I'm happy Just a plain and simple chapel where humble people go to pray. I pray the Lord that I'll go stronger as I live from day to day. Well, I searched and I searched, but I couldn't find no honor to gain peace of mind. Now I'm happy. In the chapel Where people love one accord Yes, we'll gather in the chapel Just to sing and praise the Lord Yeah, we'll search and we'll search more we'll Never find no honor to gain peace of mind. Take your troubles to the chapel. Get down on your knees and pray. And your burdens will be lighter. And you'll surely 